Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's July the 14th, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, Fred Jackson in studio. Good Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Fred. Hey, Chris Woodward. Good morning. And in Kansas City, Kansas, is our good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Is it cooled off there in KC? Yeah, and we're getting a little bit of a summer rainstorm not not hard but uh right we're getting a little relief from the hot weather this morning with a little rain so happy about that talking to a friend of mine uh this morning at work said uh <clears throat> they're they were looking forward to a few days from now when it was going to be 92 and 93 everything's relevant <laughs> <laughs> huh? i might wear a long sleeve shirt to that's church. right and ninety two and, and when ninety like we said, ninety two and ninety three sounds good. Yeah. Sweater weather. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well any more travels left for you this summer? Yeah, I'll be gone the next two weeks, heading to upstate New York on Sunday to uh, Word of Life, where I've been I've spoken there for about the last twenty years during the summer and speaking to the adults next week at Word of Life in upstate New York and then to teens the week after that. Where where is that in uh, upstate New York? Uh, in the Adirondack Mountains. They used to say high in the Adirondacks, about a mile, about a an hour south of Lake Placid. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous part of the country. Mm-hmm. And what will you be teaching uh, next week? I'll be teaching on forgiveness and to the adults what it means to forgive and how to forgive and why it matters. And then the week after that, I'll be explaining the gospel to the teens and to the junior hires. Really looking forward to that. You teach on forgiveness for a week? Yes. Oh, yes. That's a big topic, Tim. That's big topic. What God has done for us, we must now go and do for others. So like an hour a day for a week? Yeah, about like that. Yeah, maybe 40, maybe not. I won't speak for an hour, but maybe uh, 35, 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Do do. Do some people get to day three and go, I'm not going to forgive you for speaking five days in a row on forgiveness? <laughs> yeah, well, that probably some of them don't wait to day three to come to that conclusion. <laughs> I'll never forgive you speaking on the same topic. For no, yeah. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously, they're, uh, you know, that that is a a big topic. Big topic. Yeah, I, I just yeah. want. To let Ray know that we forgive him for being away for the next two weeks. <laughs> you know, while, while you're sweltering there in Tupelo, I'll be cavorting in the Adirondack It'll probably Mountains be about 80 there, won't it? Yeah. That's right. That'll be if it gets yeah. that high. Maybe I, more like 75. I, I do have to congratulate Ray for lining up meetings Yeah, according to climate. Uh, well, Summertime, cool places. There you wintertime, go. Smart guy. I'm Head available to Florida. for Florida. Head to Smart Florida. Florida. <laughs> Somebody's got to step up and take one for the team. Yeah. There was that one year where they had the Super Bowl recently in the last 10 years or so in Minnesota, and it was like, who booked this? That's right. Yeah. Now they did have an indoor yeah. stadium, but they had one outdoor in New York. Few mm-hmm. years ago yeah. In the middle of uh, January. All right. Well, uh, folks, if you want to join us on the Internet, Facebook or YouTube, you can go there and type in today's issues. 
and join the live video stream of the show there, Facebook or YouTube. Uh, just type in Today's Issues, and you can uh, check us out there. Jan Markell will be with us and Dr. Alex McFarland this hour. Go ahead, Chris. Well, let's begin with some uh, developing news out of Israel, where today uh, Joe Biden and the Prime Minister of Israel uh, What's pledged, his name? Um, Lapid. Thank you. Yair Lapid, whose name I just butchered. What happened to Bennett? That's a good I'm question. Sorry, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Prime Minister Bennett, who succeeded. I don't Netanyahu. know if Netanyahu. 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 Yeah. Yes. What happened to him? He gets, well, remember uh, the coalition fell apart. Yeah. And they needed an interim because they're in a they're in an election campaign uh, again in yeah. Israel. Breaking about, news. Yep. <laughs> they have a presidential election uh, prime every minister about months. every six months, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that I don't like that system at all. No. Personally, of course, huh? Well, that's do they what, do that in Canada? Well, this is what happens in this system. They're going through this in Britain right now. When you have multiple parties in a kind of a parliamentary system, how many? Mm-hmm. They have what? At least a dozen parties in Israel, and so you may have uh, a party that wins thirty-four percent of the vote, but an, and that's that party is on top of those dozen or so parties, so they get thirty-three. But you have to have at least 50 to be the government. So then you have to have these negotiations after every vote. Uh, I'm going to bring in this little party here and this little party there and this little party there. And then they form these coalitions. But then what happens is these coalitions blow up. Yeah. Because they don't like something the majority party did. Netanyahu, uh, he withstood that longer than anybody in Israeli history, right? Now here's, again, Israeli politics as of this moment... Uh, Netanyahu's Likud party—they are way up in the polls. So, so he, could, he could be, he, he could be like Rocky. He could be like he, Prime he, Minister he could again. Come back. He huh? could make a comeback. In fact, uh, Joe Biden is meeting with Netanyahu today. Yeah. Now I wouldn't call them bosom buddies, but they're going to meet. Yeah. So go ahead, Chris, with your. Yeah. Well, they signed a uh, declaration today in Jerusalem, which I think is big because Biden went to Jerusalem as the U.S. president. Uh, but non- nonetheless, this uh, this pledge is to never allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons, and they're committing to partnering with other countries to confront Tehran's aggression and destabilizing activities in the region. Long story short, Biden is still in favor of the Iran nuclear deal, but we're going to pledge not to allow Iran have nuclear weapons. Mm. Now, I thought President Trump ditched that. He, he, did, he did, but Biden wants to bring it back because uh, Biden has long argued that what Trump did was wrong and yeah. puts the world at at brink of war who even knows what that is not the brink of war i'm talking about the nuclear deal i just huh the nuclear deal uh that barack obama brought in when he was president and joe biden was vice president was basically a deal that some european nations and the united states signed on to that said remember all the pallets of money they sent pallets of money back to iran and they said if you're good boys and you allow our observers in uh, then we'll roll along as long as you don't develop nuclear weapons. Hmm. Well, Donald Trump said, I don't trust the Iranians. He got out of that deal for the U.S. When Biden came, was elected president, he put us back into that deal. Okay. All right. So us you. and France and I Germany. And so what was, the, what, was the, what was the purpose of the uh, signatures today in Jerusalem? Yeah, they're pledging never to allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons, like Iran is really going to listen. 
Uh, and they're also committing to partnering with other countries to confront Iran's aggression and destabilizing so activities. In basically, the just a symbolic event. Okay. So, listen, Israel's going to look after itself. Yeah. It's not going to wait for any deal. Right. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, another story, and this one's uh, much more closer to home. Uh, the FBI is sounding the alarm on the increasing trend of cartel smugglers holding migrants for ransom amounts of up to $10,000 U.S., at Texas stash houses after sneaking them across the U.S. border. In many cases, the family or friends of the victims are asked to pay between a few thousand dollars to ten grand to secure the safe release of the migrants who were forced to live in, quote, deplorable conditions in stash houses in El Paso. Do you see this story, Ray? No, no. Yeah, <clears throat> I saw it last night. Um, uh, you know, it's not just the same <clears throat> everyday story of, Hundreds or thousands of people flowing over the Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw that picture yesterday. There was a steady stream, no pun intended, mm -hmm. of uh, people uh, just, they're just pouring in down there <clears throat> in Texas in particular from all over the world and just nothing stopping them. Nope. I mean, huh? <clears throat> this nothing. By, by design. Yeah. By design. It, yeah. Just nothing, no, nothing deterring them. It, it hardly at all. But anyway, the, it, what this is a different angle. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, the, these. The, the, it was FBI. It here, was okay. They, they they found out about these stash houses in El Paso, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So they, their the human trafficking, the drug cartels, and all the people who operate in that make their money off drugs and human trafficking. They 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 hold in these. Uh, People who are trying to come into the U.S. Uh, until their family, I guess. Yes. Uh, somebody pays a ransom, mm -hmm. and then they release them, take them into the United States. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's so. That's it was a big, it was a big bust. Yeah, yesterday in uh, in El Paso. Right. There's uh, Fox News has this uh, Daily Mail. You'll see pictures of people with their faces blurred out, <laughs> sitting, and just really. Uh, horrible conditions. As Fox pointed out, many of these houses don't have hot water. They're filled with trash and lack adequate ventilation, uh, while the migrants held there are often forced to drink yeah. water out of bathtubs. Yeah, Ray, the, uh, Amer Americans are going to have to elect a uh, Republican president in 2024. That's the first time anybody can do anything to stop this. Uh, these uh, now millions of people coming mm -hmm. here. Look, Tim, we've said agree. over and over again yeah. that Joe Biden simply, and the Democrats, right. they do not care no. about the situation on the southern border. No. And it doesn't matter what they find. It really right. does. It seems, right. Tim, as if no matter what the atrocity is, they wave their hands and they don't worry about it. You're exactly right. The next chance we're going to have to make a change on the southern border is going to happen in 2024. As long as Joe Biden and the Democrats are in power, Nothing is going to change. We had a story last week that the projection for this year of unaccompanied minors coming into this country across our southern border, 160,000 unaccompanied minors. These are 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-olds, probably some of them, young girls ending up in these stash oh, houses. Yeah. This is an atrocity. <clears throat> yeah. Well, don't forget Joe Biden, the Democrats, promised free health care for anybody who can come here illegally yes. Yes. of course they call them undocumented but yeah. uh anyway we, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this but i thought this was a uh a story 
that I had not heard about. Yeah. That is the stash houses that the FBI are finding out about uh, human trafficking going on on the southern border. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and just in the last couple of weeks, uh, building on top of this, too, um, the um, Border Patrol there in the Laredo area, they, they put out press releases all the time on the various drug busts that they've made there and the bridge uh, coming in uh, from the area. And uh, they've they've seized uh, hundreds of thousands uh, of dollars worth of cocaine just in the last few days. Uh, some cocaine was actually hidden inside the truck tires of the semi that was coming from Mexico into the U.S., but then... Uh, Two weeks ago, in the same exact spot, you had about $3.4 million worth of hard narcotics. So you've got uh, – a lot of this stuff is all connected to what, the cartels. What is this, what's the whole fentanyl thing, Ray? Do you understand that? All I know is it's an <clears throat> terribly addictive drug, and it's coming out of China. And Through Mexico? Not- is it coming out – or is it coming straight into the U.S. from I – think, I think a lot of it, Tim, is coming straight in from China. Yeah. And it's being manufactured over there, and the government in China is just looking the other way. They know where – they the Chinese government knows exactly over there who's producing it, and for various reasons, they're doing nothing to stop it. It's, it's a flood, a dangerous flood coming into our country. But also tons of it are coming across the Mexican border. Yeah. Right. The tons DEA's website confirms that. It says fentanyl is smuggled across the U.S.-Mexico border in low-concentration, high-volume loads. What does it uh – I, I wish it. I it's a painkiller. Okay. It's a very strong painkiller, like Ray says, extremely addictive, and that's why kids, young people, for the most part, are going after this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I've heard, I, like Ray said, very addictive yes. and very powerful. Mm-hmm. It kills people. Yes. A lot of times. Sure. Yes. All right. Well, the uh, the same administration that's in charge of trying to do something at the border and trying to keep Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, uh, they also try to do. Um, they they just can't prevent themselves from tripping over themselves. Really, Who's they? Uh, various people in the Biden administration, including First Lady Jill Biden. Taco Gate continues this morning. Oh, no. uh, Taco Gate is that infamous remark from the First Lady, which you'll hear in just a second. Yeah. Where earlier we gotta, this we week, we got to play that one yes, more time. She. <laughs> Well, here, here's a combination of things uh, where First Lady Jill Biden, again, comparing Hispanics to breakfast tacos. First Lady Jill Biden. Yes. Okay. And then we have a reaction this morning from Senator Marco Rubio, clip one. Diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Well, personally, I identify as a Cuban sandwich, and, and that, but, um, but uh, look, it's silly because you know what, that, those are speeches that are written probably by some young person who majored in Latinx studies at you know, Columbia University or something, and then they write the stuff up. I enjoy some Cuban sandwiches now. Cuban sandwich. It has two kinds of pork. Fred identifies as Canadian bacon. I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm going to get a T-shirt. I am not connected. I'm not a more than Canadian bacon. (laughs) Ray, you and I are, I guess we're, what what are you, Ray, if you were a vegetable or a sandwich, what would, what would you? If I was a vegetable or a sandwich, I'd be a piece of chicken fried steak, (laughs) I think. (laughs) I'm going to get a T-shirt made up. uh, I'm more than a fried green tomato. Mm. There you go. You know, mm -hmm. as a Southern, uh, I want. I just. I, I can't hide it anymore. Huh? I want to let the world know that my yeah. pronouns are P 
peas and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jill Biden, first lady. Uh, it may probably be the only time in, in, in the four years uh, that, uh, assuming Biden stays in office four years, that uh, she upstages her husband on faux pas. Mm. Oh, yeah. All right. So, well, you know, and this is again the the second one she's had in a year where she tried to say "CC played," uh, which is a, a phrase in Spanish. But she was what like, does it mean? "CC played way." Like, yes, we can. Okay. Uh, so, but she just butchered it. And, and, in all fairness, a lot yeah. of people trying to speak Spanish uh, would. would You're do that unique as, well. as a breakfast bur- taco. taco. Oh, brother! Huh? Breakfast burrito sounds better to me, actually, but. Uh... Okay, so the first lady's trying to trying to move on from that one, but uh, now I I will say that I think Senator Rubio is right. Some some intern, summer mm-hmm. intern, probably right. wrote that speech. But eating a breakfast taco while but, he was writing the speech. But somebody writes a speech for you, you read it ahead of time so that you you can deliver it and be prepared for what it says. I can't believe that Jill Biden herself didn't. But but to your point, Tim. Yeah. This was uh, a speech delivered in San Antonio. Yeah. So she got on a plane in D.C. Yeah. She had two and a half to three hours to read the speech in advance, and nobody said, "Maybe we ought to change that particular remark." Yeah. 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 You think maybe people don't want to be called a unique <laughs> as a breakfast taco? I don't know. Is that is that offensive? <laughs> what do you say, Betty? <laughs> what about you? Uh, All right, go ahead. Well, one person, uh, another person in the Biden administration Uh who is gaff prone. Uh I think we all know who this is. If it's not Joe, it's Vice President Kamala Harris. I've got the audio here. Love me some Kamala salad. This is... uh, This is the vice president at a White House speech uh, discussing federal investments in workforce development and offers up her latest word salad. Clip three. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work. And get what? Home. What? You need to get to go. That, that, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, audio shopped, right? No, 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 no. no. no, no, no. no that's, that's she was speaking, where was she speaking? Where was she get to go there? At, at a White House speech. She was oh, at it was a White, White House, House speech? Yeah. And, uh, and she delivered it there. You need to get she, to go. But she was talking about some kind of transportation bill or transportation money or something. Yeah, like. they're still they're still playing up the infrastructure bill. Uh, they want to do things with roads and bridges. They yeah, will electrify school buses do. and all that stuff. Yeah, sound like to me she was getting ready to wrap right there. Huh? I mean, listen, uh, uh, let's listen to that one more time. I mean, you can't, that's a beauty right there from from Vice President Harris. Am I right? We all agree that's that's one of her top five hits. I mean, and that's saying a lot because she's like Elton John. I mean, she just keeps turning them out, huh? So let let let's hear. Uh, yesterday, our vice president was it yesterday? Yes. Okay, speaking speaking to our country. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. <laughs> All right. Yes. Huh? <laughs> get. To- you need to get to go. I could see some products using that as a yeah. commercial. 
<laughs> I have nothing to do with public yeah. transit, and that's as far as I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get to go. Yeah. I would, I would, if I were Greyhound Bus Company, I would hire Vice President Harris as my spokesperson. Huh? You need Stick to get to the go script, where you though. need to go to get. Yeah. Hop on Greyhound. <laughs> huh? I see another T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, that's. I need to get to go. I got to tell you, between Biden, between the two Bidens and Kamala Harris. You, you got to admit, you may disagree with their politics, but the entertainment value they bring. It's to, off the charts. They bring to the news cycle. Yes, Ray, I agree with you. It's its, it's off the charts. All right, next story, Chris. Well, let's mention this. Uh, I want to sneak. I want to include this in our discussion of her uh, word salad there. I have some reaction real quick from Laura Trump on Fox and Friends today talking about uh, the vice president's repeated gaffes. Clip four. As much as we like to laugh at this and poke fun at it, this is the number two in charge of America. If Joe Biden is no longer president, this is who takes over. And when you have a president who has cognitive lapses at the rate that Joe Biden does and does not exude strength, you need to have a vice president who can pick up that slack. And <clears throat> unfortunately, we don't have that because we have Kamala Harris and she comes out like this and says this crazy stuff. And unfortunately, not only are we watching it and laughing at it, but leaders all across the world, Pete, are also seeing this, whether friend or foe. And man, is it just a bad look for America all around? Listen, there were a lot of Democrats uh, who were more qualified, capable and experienced than Kamala Harris the junior senator from from uh, California to be vice president, Bi uh, excuse me, to be uh, Biden's running mate. Okay, mm -hmm. <clears throat> she was chosen because she was a woman of color. Yes, that's the reason she was chosen. She was a because she she was doing horrible in the Democrat primaries. Democrats yeah. didn't even want her. She had to drop out. She was like polling two or three percent among Democrats. So she wasn't chosen for any other reason than he, he checked a couple of boxes there. <clears throat> yep. You know, uh, is she, uh, a, a, is she a color? Uh, does she have colored skin? That's what he asked a woman of color. And, uh, is she a woman? Yeah. Of course the Democrats today don't know what a woman is anymore. <laughs> so I don't even know, you know, I don't even know what they're going to do. Unless next. it's a woman seeking an abortion. Next time then, around, then I mention it. So, anyway, that's this just goes to show you when you choose uh, people to serve in uh, positions of 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 serious responsibility, and you choose them on the basis of their ethnicity or their gender. Uh, this is what happens. Yeah. Yes. Right here, this is what happens. So I, you know. There could have been a lot, a lot. There are a lot more people in the Democrat Party who are more qualified, experienced, and uh, capable than her. Is yes. What I'm saying. Yes. But she's shining right now. <sighs> uh, I would just say it's it's her moment. What was that? Where uh, she talked about? There was a gaffe. She's had so many now. It's hard to keep them straight. But she uh, had something that was just. It it sounded like a, a very serious remark, but it was about a moment. And she she doesn't gaff so much as she does word salads, as we've said here before. That's the that's the and how she can do that so flawlessly without even, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I I just I kind of admire that skill, honestly. A it's a rhetorical. Um, At least she didn't laugh. She seemingly right. has gotten. No, to laugh somebody's told her don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
I, that person may have got fired, but they went ahead and said, I'm going to tell her. No more cackling. person's okay, last day was glorious. You, 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 you cackle again, the whole staff's resigning. Which they did, <laughs> by the way. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Did you know you can't sink if you swim in the Dead Sea? You can't sink. You can't uh, drown. And we're going to go to the Dead Sea, and we're going to take a swim, and you can find out if what I'm saying is true or not. That's coming up in March 2023 on our annual trip to Israel. That's right. We're going to the Holy Land in March of 2023. Now, if you want the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything about the tour, all you need to do is go to TWHolyLand.com. TWHolyLand.com. Everything is there. And if you want to join us, we're already getting a lot of people sign up to go because there's such a pent-up demand to go to Israel because it was closed down basically for two years because of COVID. Well, you can go now and you don't have to have a vaccine shot, okay? TWHolyLand.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Chris Marcris lost both of his legs to diabetes, but he hasn't let his medical issues stand in the way of living life. That's why he jumped out of an airplane over West Addison, Vermont, skydiving from 10,000 feet. It was a fairly uneventful trip until the landing. That's when Chris realized he was missing one of his prosthetic legs. It had blown off during the jump, a $20,000 leg now missing. So Chris went on Facebook and shared his dilemma. About 100 people turned out to search around the landing zone, and the following day, a farmer found the leg in the middle of a soybean field. A terrific story about humanity in the corona crisis. It's nice to know there are still folks out there across the fruited plain willing to lend a helping hand to get a guy back up on his feet. I would urge you to read my latest book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available right now at your favorite bookstore and online at toddsterns.com. 
One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27.4. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward and Ray Pritchard. We thank you for listening to AFR. And, uh, hey, you see, I'm watching Mike Huckabee. Our, our friend Mike Huckabee, mm-hmm. he's doing these commercials for, uh, is it Try Relaxum? What is it? It's a, a sleep pill uh, to help you sleep. Yeah. He's a doing a lot of commercials pill. now. Have you seen this, Ray? You seen? No, I've not. I've seen Huckabee many times, but he's, so now he's helping sell sleeping pills? Well, it's sleeping pills, uh, or maybe that's, they're not called pills. They're called, I don't know what they're called. It's a sleep aid. Or sleep, aid sleep aid. Sleep yeah. aid. I think it's all natural anyway. Oh, sure. I just, uh, Mike Huckabee, <clears throat> good friend of ours, hadn't, hadn't talked to him in a couple of years, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's into the, it just, it, I guess it's just funny seeing somebody, you know, personally on uh, nighttime infomercials, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, he's, he's graying too. Like, like, a little bit. like, <laughs> like all of us, right? Like all of us <laughs> as you go, you reach a, whoa, Chris. Chris is already matured. Chris is gray. I, what are you? I, I what are you? Forty? What are you, Chris? I just turned forty. I've had gray hair since my early twenties. I just genetics. I'm not better. <laughs> since your early twenties? Yeah, pretty much. T- mid twenties. I started getting. You. Were you asked to be in the circus or anything? <laughs> well, uh, this now that you uh, tw- October will mark twenty years since I've been in broadcasting. So I think that might. I have something that, to do that, with it. That will do it. I will. I've covered the Bush administration, the Obama administration. I've sat through yeah. every debate, convention, yeah, right. and I'll keep doing it because yeah. Fred buys me pizza right. with with and without Canadian bacon. <laughs> All right, Look, so, you'll either end up with no hair or gray hair. Yeah, those yeah. are your choices. I'm losing it, too. Yeah. Those are the choices. <clears throat> All right, so, um, uh, Fred, you want to introduce our guest now? Yeah, our good friend, Jan Markell, host of Understanding the Times here on American Family Radio, uh, joins us now from the Twin Cities, or just outside Minneapolis. Is that right, Jan? Yes, uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. Great area out there. I've been up for a couple of conferences that Jan has hosted, and uh, beautiful area out there, a long way from downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. Are you having your uh, conference this year, Jan? Um, we we kind of cut out the the major conference where we had uh, about forty five hundred in attendance, and that was interrupted by COVID, and then we just never went back to it. So we're doing mini conferences now every other month on a weeknight with one speaker, and it's on my website olivetreeviews dot org. Michelle Bachman is our next guest August fourth, the evening of August fourth. And there's no no cost and free live streaming, um, markhenryministries.com, or you can call my office for details. Michelle uh, goes over many, many issues of the day from a biblical perspective to help folks understand the times. And I tell you, gentlemen, it's getting harder and harder to understand our times. And if you don't, if you don't take the perspective from the Bible, I would say it's impossible. Yes. Mm. 
Jan, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, some remarks that President Joe yeah. Biden made uh, when he arrived at Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv yesterday, had a little speech at the airport. And mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of that speech, and I ha- this is uh, a copy from the White House of what he actually said, uh, he made some mistakes. He said, I will once more return to the hallowed ground of Yad, and then he said, shh. And then he said, Vasham, uh, mm-hmm. to honor. And he said, we must, we, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness to keep alive the truth and honor. Instead, he meant horror. Yeah. Kudos to the White House. They are being honest about what the man said, although he corrected himself. Yeah. But what I wanted to talk to you about, he said, honor of the Holocaust, honor those we lost so that we never, ever forget that lesson, you know, and to continue our shared unending work to fight the poison of anti-Semitism wherever it raises its ugly head. Wherever we find it in the world, we make real on the promise of never again by taking it on. He's referring, he says, the poison of anti-Semitism. You know, I, I, I listened to that. I read it again to make sure I had this right, what he said. What puzzles me, Jan, is that he has members of his own party, some of right. whom you're well familiar with. Um, uh, I'm talking about members of the squad who have right. been open and how much they dislike Israel, have attacked Israel, and also on many university campuses across this country, they have entered into what's called the BDS, the Boycott, Divest, and right. Sanction Against Israel. That is all anti-Semitism. Joe Biden has said nothing against his party members, has said nothing against universities who have taken on Israel. Well, you're absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right, Fred. Um, Ilhan Omar, our, one of our representatives, the gal from Somalia, her district is Two miles begins two miles from my office, and um, you talk about corruption and and just plain evil that's going on um, as a result of some of her antics. And and one of the worst is what you've just referenced, and that is uh, her blatant hatred for all things Israel and the Jewish people. But it's not just her, and I actually can remember the days uh, of the Democrat Party where. There, there were some extremely pro-Israel Democrats. I believe Scoop Jackson comes to my mind, but there were others. Um, that's long gone, and it's it's just almost like an infection has set in in that party, and we know it has many other areas as well. But this is particularly very, very serious. And I just go back to Genesis twelve three, and I'll bless those. Who bless you, Israel, I'll curse those who curse you. That's a nation, that's an individual, that's a ministry, that's a church, that's a denomination, Presbyterian Church USA, who's currently cursing Israel as much as they can. So we're playing with matches, and the trip he's he's on right now is, is, is very problematic, and the things he's saying, very problematic. Jan, Olive Tree Ministries is where people can go to check out your you know, the full scope of what you do, your ministry, but what's coming up this weekend on your show? Well, I'm going to have, have two pastors on, and, and, and we're going to be talking about it, the importance of understanding what's going on in this world 
as I referenced a minute ago, from a prophetic... What does the Bible say about uh, what's happening in the world in the last days? It's all spelled out for us so clearly. Um, Many pulpits are silent, but some are talking about it. So we'll talk about it um, this Saturday, Sunday on, on, on AFR. Thanks, Jan. Take care. Thank you. Bye now. Jan Markell joining us from the great state of Minnesota. Uh, her show airs <clears throat> Saturdays at 1 and uh, Sundays at noon Central Time. Correct. Right here on this station. Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, Understanding the Times. So you want to check that out. Uh, you're listening to the radio program Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, just uh, Today's Issues, if you want to check uh, our uh, program out of video streaming. You can go to YouTube or Facebook and type today's issues. Type in today's issues. <clears throat> well, joining us now is Dr. Alex McFarlane. I think Alex is in North Carolina, but he is the co-host of the afternoon program here on AFR called Exploring the Word that many of you are fans of with uh, Brother Bert Harper. Alex joins us now. Alex, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hey, you home in North Carolina today? Back in the rainy state of North Carolina, yes, sir. Getting some rain. much needed rain, or are you too much rain? No, uh, it's what we need. It is the Lord is good to give us the rain, but um, summer, t- late summer can be really rainy. But uh, how's everything in Tupelo, Tim? Well, we're doing good here. Uh, I've talked to some friends in Texas; they're experiencing a lack of lack of rain. Um, I've forgotten what part it's like, Central Texas. I want to ask you this: the the flooding that took place in Virginia that wasn't how, how far was that from you? Uh, it was probably about a hundred miles, a hundred miles plus from where we are. That was kind of unexpected, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there it were was report- catastrophic, though. There were reports this morning of at least forty people that are not uh, accounted for at this yeah. point. Uh, that's down at what in the southwestern portion of Virginia. Is that correct, Alex? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we have, we have listeners over there, and our prayers are with all those people, of course. But yeah, there's, I mean, four, three, four dozen people missing, and uh, wow, it is very, very tragic. And you know, that's a a really hilly part of the state over there because it's kind of near uh, West Virginia and. Uh, you don't think of floods in in mountainous areas so much, but uh, it's it's happening, and they say there are at least forty four people missing, mm. and uh, so our thoughts and prayers yeah. are with them for sure. Alex, you were at the Cove uh, uh, what last week? Yes, we were, and oh my goodness, what a blessing that was! Okay, what'd you do there, and what'd you teach on? Well, you know, it's always an honor to be invited to the Cove. Uh, Will Graham, uh, Franklin Graham's son, Will, is the leader of the Cove. And when they invite you, they ask you to teach a book of the Bible. And they asked me to teach First Peter, uh, which is really good because there's a lot of, like, apologetics and biblical worldview in First Peter. And next summer, uh, good Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise, I'll be there to teach Second Peter. But, Tim and everybody, I just want to say a big thanks because... Uh, there were about 300 people there. It was sold out, and um, a huge percentage of the audience were AFR listeners, and they just showered love on Angie and me, and just 
were it was very moving the way people expressed how AFR has changed their lives and equips them and inspires them and um, had a lot of people commit to pray for America. But I just want to say a, a big thanks to all the AFR listeners for traveling. They said there were people from 25 states there. And uh, it wow. was great. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I got the most unusual question, though, but I'll share that. But So I taught First Peter, and we prayed for revival in America. And what was the unusual question? Well, uh, I thought about should I share this with you or not, but... Uh, well, before you do, up, it's all on you. If it goes right. bad, it's your fault. <laughs> do not email Tim or Fred. <laughs> he he said, see. Alex, I've got a serious question. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. He said, please don't think I'm crazy. He said, are Bert Harper and Tim Wildman the same person? <laughs> and, and I said, excuse me? And he goes, well, I've never heard him on the radio both at the same time. And he said, I wondered if on your show on Exploring the Word, the person uses the, 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 the professional name Bert Harper, and on today's issues, if he uses the name Tim Wildman. And I said, well, I assure you they're two different people. And he said, well, I, I'm, you know, I just wondered. And I said, no, they're on at the same time sometimes. But uh, this one listener thought that Tim Wildman and Bert mm-hmm. Harper were the same person. Well, I love Brother Bert, but uh, he's got a distinctively uh, southern accent that's uh, more rich than mine. I'll just put it that Uh, way. So you can tell the difference there. But it was just such a blessing. Everybody had all these questions. They wanted to know about Trivia Friday and just all the things. And, you know, um, the the interest level that listeners have is, is very moving. And yeah. I, I got to say, as all of you know, the, the AFR listeners are the best Absolutely. godly Americans we have. Absolutely. Hey, I want to ask you, uh, what, what was your take, what's your takeaway, if there is one or two takeaways from First Peter? And then, Ray, I'd like you to comment, too, because uh, you, you know, you, you, you teach the scriptures across the country as well, like, like Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Well, you know, the book really begins and ends kind of in the same way, that Jesus Christ is our everlasting hope. And uh, in spite, you know, there's a lot in there about being a good citizen and being a good husband and good spouse. Um, There's a lot in there about uh, Satan is this malevolent predator, and we resist Satan, but that Jesus, the risen Jesus, is our hope, our security now and forever. That's the main import of that book, I think. Right? Well, the only thing I'd add to what Alex said, which is beautifully put, is that it's a word for today. Because Peter was writing to Christians, early Christians, I mean early, early generation of Christians scattered across the Roman Empire, suffering greatly uh, in difficult times, hard situations, and encouraging them that God is at work in the midst of their suffering and that he has not forgotten them. And I think, Alex, First Peter certainly seems to me like a letter that we need to emphasize here in the 21st century because there are a lot of Christians in places around the world who are having a difficult time of it right now. Amen. Hey, Alex, That's I want true. to ask you, and then I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, uh, ask you, Fred and Ray, <clears throat> the same question. Uh, 
Alex, what's your best? What's your what's your favorite Bible commentary? Oh wow, good question. Probably my favorite Bible commentary uh, was put out actually by Liberty University, um, and it was called the Liberty Bible Commentary. But I'll put it this way: Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. Uh, the late Dr. Harold Wilmington was. Uh, along with Elmer Towns, Wilmington and Towns pretty much founded Liberty. And um, the Liberty Bible Commentary, which was two volumes, is kind of summarized in one volume. And I I cannot recommend this book highly enough. It was published by Tyndale Publishers, uh, Tyndale, and it's called Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. It's a one-volume, Genesis through Revelation, and uh, it is magnificent and folks you will not be disappointed right the only thing i'd add to that is that about i guess 35 years ago dallas seminary professors put together the bible knowledge commentary was Mm -hmm. out of print i think for a while now it's back in print very good uh for let's say laymen laymen lay women uh, who maybe have not gone to seminary but want a basic understanding of the Bible, I highly recommend the Bible Knowledge Commentary. And then our friends at Moody uh, came out with the Moody Bible Commentary, great big thick one-volume book, exactly the kind of thing that if you had it, it gives you a quick explanation of every verse and every passage in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Fred? Yeah, I've just found when I read books on particular topics, uh, the references to a lot of these commentaries that both these gentlemen have just mentioned, and uh, they are terrific. It's great to get those kinds of perspectives. And uh, the Word of the Lord is always current. But what's interesting is to go back and see how it was interpreted by these various commentar- commentary writers at their time. Uh, but, you know, I, I love the Word of the Lord. I love how current it is. And I was just reading. I, I, I Excuse me. Is the Word of the Lord, are you talking about the Bible? The Bible. Or are you talking about talking, a commentary called the Word of the Lord? No, no, no. I'm okay. talking about the Bible. But and, and, in reading it, and, and you know, I, I enjoy reading about Bible prophecy and the various books that, that well-known Christians have written about and how they depend. Like, for example, a couple of weeks ago I was at the Cove, and uh, we had various professors from Dallas Theological Seminary there. And their references back to the commentaries that they use, and, and uh, both Ray and Alex have mentioned some of them, and, and to kind of to bring their wisdom into it. But I also believe that commentaries are really good, but always go back to the Scripture yourself because that, that is the inspired Word of God. And... The Holy Spirit brings truth to you also. So use these references, but don't let them... The caution I guess I would give is don't let the references, the commentaries, replace what God's Word says to you directly. Yeah. Sometimes there's a danger of that. Uh, when you ask people their favorite authors, they're all Christian authors I'm talking about, they'll often mention two or three individuals. Uh, but don't forget to do the study yourself. Of God's word, yeah. I guess the commentaries to me, and uh, I basically just go to the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll just be honest with you. When I'm reading and I don't understand something, I'll type in "What does this mean?" Uh on the internet, and then you know, I know enough to know what the trustworthy uh, names are. 
you know, to, 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 to read their commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's basically things that you don't uh, understand the context, the history, the reasons why God may have said something to somebody in the Bible or instructed people to do something or, uh, you know, or, you know, especially as it relates to the Old Testament and the, or the children of Israel and those kinds of things. That's why I wanted to know what, what, what to, what's the, mo- what's the, right. What's the best selling common Bible commentary of all time you think? Probably, and Alex, correct me here, but I, I'm just guessing maybe Matthew Henry? Yes. Yeah I, yeah, I would think that. Y'all would all three say that? I would say Matthew Henry. Uh, here's where the commentaries and are good. Haley's Bible got. Handbook. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. Yes, yes. Here's where I find it good in that commentaries will help you understand the culture of the day. Some, yeah. Sometimes <clears throat> we miss it. You know, what does that mean? Right, Cause right, right. I, I can't relate to it. In the day and age right. in which I live, right. the commentaries are terrific of saying, "Well, this is what the, this was important in those days." Right. What did it mean? I mean, so often a, a lot of what our Lord taught about and the examples that He gave were sheep right. and shepherd. Right. And uh, and and uh, you know that was the main because people indus- understood that that was the ma- that he was talking to that and fishing were the main industries right. of the day right right so that's why the scripture uh is so focused on those things because when jesus walked in those days those 33 years that he was here those were the main industries and it meant a whole lot to the people who were living then uh, you know when jesus says follow me and i'll make you fishers of men yes everybody gets that that resonated right? with them fishers mm-hmm. of men yes fishers, in other words come help me as we harvest yeah. men's souls for eternity basically yes just like we catch fish here yeah we catch people's uh, hearts for amen for god yes. uh, amen. amen well listen uh, alex look forward to hearing uh for you and me being on the air this afternoon yes exactly well, my bad i gave away my <laughs> A double. Now, Tim, will you? <laughs> will, will your you, double will, identity. Yeah, will you be there as Bert or uh, be, yeah. <laughs> be there uh, as Bert? As Bert. <laughs> uh, no, Brother Bert is a blessed brother, and he can handle it. He, <laughs> he, he can do the show with Alex every afternoon. I don't need to be a part of that. I, hour and a half all the Tim you need. You know, right I could come on, and uh, here's what I would uh, do during during Exploring the Word. Yeah. Alex, do you want to take this one? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, guys, let me tell you something really, really inspirational. Um, I'm interviewing a guy, uh, Dr. Gary Habermas, who many of you might know that name. Uh, he's one of the world experts on the evidence for the New Testament, great defender of the faith. And there was a, a Liberty University faculty member that just went to be with the Lord named Ed Heinsen. And mm. Ed was a pretty well-known as a prophecy teacher and taught a lot about end times. And Habermas was telling me yesterday that they said on his deathbed, uh, Ed Heinsen was kind of, you know, passing away, and he kind of whispered out, incredible, incredible. And his last words, or maybe very near his last words, he sort of whispered out, I didn't do it justice. Mm. In other words, he, he apparently saw, as he was leaving this world, saw some beautiful scenes that he just couldn't even articulate, and you know what, as I was teaching First Peter, I was thinking about how it says Jesus Christ is our hope now and forever. And so let me just encourage everybody that um, the most important thing in your life is Jesus. And the most important thing to do with your life is to show Jesus to others. And uh, yeah. we need to keep that in mind during these 
sometimes uh, tough times in which we live. Yeah. Amen. We all got an expiration date, and mm-hmm. uh, then it's a judgment, the Bible says. <clears throat> and what Dr. Heinton was seeing there was a glimpse of heaven. Mm. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. I've, yes. heard, I've heard those stories of saints that are just uh, within seconds of passing. Right. And they will say to somebody, how beautiful it is. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Boy. All right, uh, listen, thanks, Alex. We will look forward to hearing you this afternoon, my friend. Take care. God bless you all. Thank yeah. you. Our mm. good buddy, Doctor Alex McFarland, joining us from the Tar Heel State. Chris, you got you got something to? We got about two minutes left here, and I don't want any inflation uh, stories. Oh, that's where I was going. Okay, we all we all know about this. Well, okay. um, <clears throat> let's mention this because um, I need something you know light. Okay, well. Uh, I can give you gas prices. They continue to go down. Well, that that's sort of. Okay. But, uh, uh, Netflix, uh, despite them uh, building themselves as a, a way to watch television without ads, now they're going to add ads. Are they going to add ads? Yes. That, that'll be perfect for Kamala. Cable. Yeah. Well, when you got to get a go, you got to go. Netflix is going to add ads. Right, yeah. So and, no and one when likes they the add ads, word. I'm going to add uh, their I, ads. I think we should play that one more time. But, uh, <laughs> just just yes. you, you don't think that's Come abuse on. of... The vice president? Some of our folks may have missed it. Okay. Well, earlier in this show, we uh, paid homage to the vice president of the United States, and we let her speak for herself as she did yesterday uh, at a press conference. Go ahead. uh. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. Yeah. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. There you go. I mean, who can disagree with that? That's right. You need who to get can, to go. Who can where understand you, it? Yes, you need to get to go where you need to go to get. You need to go to get. So you can get to go. Get home. And I mean, that's that should be bipartisan. Am I right? It's a campaign theme. It should be. I don't think there should be any Republican disagreeing with that right. whatsoever. Oh boy. All right. So. Uh. I'm Bert Harper, and and, and and I'll be back. I in, knew it. We were all that's right. We all secretly suspected yeah. that. I'll be back in five minutes with more of today's issues with Fred and Ray and Steve Jordahl. Thank you, Chris, for your Thank contributions you. to this here show. We'll be back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.